0: Hi, everybody. Welcome to episode number seven of Talks with T. Today, I'm going to interview my colleague, my friend, Mr. Josh Ng. I call him Asian Thor because, number one, he is very tall for an Asian man. He is very well-ripped, and he has a heart of gold. So, thank you for coming to my segment. It's a Saturday late night. He actually made cocktails, everybody, so if you're listening... Grab a drink and listen to some wisdom. Thank you for coming. I appreciate it. Thanks, Tony, for having me. (laughs) (laughs) So um, something that I've noticed about you within the last, I think, more than five years that I've known you is that you've always had a very good quality and you've always been so patient. Like we can have a really busy day and you're just so relaxed. It almost seems like you smoked a blunt. Just chilling. <laughs> so, uh-huh. I want to know, have you always been this way since you can remember? Um, for the most part, I guess,
1: growing up, now that I think of it, I've always been patient. I've always been calm. Mm-hmm. Um, I never thought that, you know, being anxious or being that person who's just always hyped up mm-hmm. um, would benefit I guess others Um, so like if you see me in clinic where I'm just very calm collected it's a way for you guys to feel at ease as well and it's a way for me to think internally what I need to do next what's the next step Mm -hmm. because if my emotions take over all hell can break loose right
0: definitely yeah and I I really commend you for that because I know sometimes I lose it I lose my shit and when I lose it, my first instinct is, I have to let this out. Mm-hmm. And you always remind me that it's okay to do so and it's okay to regroup. It's okay to step out and do what you have to do. And I think that's really important for us, not just as healthcare providers, but everybody. Like we all right. need to just learn to really follow your instincts and if you need to step out to do so. Mm-hmm. So, totally. Given that you're in a management position, so it must be hard. So Definitely. after this, these past few, I think it's already been a year or so about... About a yeah, year yeah, or three months. What yeah. would you say is the hardest part about being in management? The hardest part,
1: I feel like, is... Getting... We're having my staff trust me. You know, trust is is a result of something. You know, trust doesn't happen overnight. You know, a relationship is, you know, it evolves. It's evolutionary. Uh, it takes time, it's where someone gives and then someone takes, someone gives, someone takes. Um, and it's a long process. And coming into this position I was just unsure if you guys would be able to trust me. And I knew it would take time, but just like anything else, um, it will be beneficiary in the future. And having that trust in my staff and me trusting my staff, them trusting me, it'll just develop like a practice which will be um, built on a strong foundation, right? I don't want anything to be Fear-based. I don't want anything to be where you guys feel unsafe, and I think that's the hardest part because, yes, I have to lead or I have to guide within these parameters of a healthcare system, a institution where I report to an upper management. They report to someone else, and from there, everything trickles down.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and I think that's the hardest thing, being able to lead, guide, with my own ideas, my philosophies, versus my manager or my leader telling me what to do. And I guess breaking those norms, breaking those, uh, that comfort level
0: is probably the hardest part as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's, it's a tough industry, ladies and gentlemen. It's not easy working in healthcare, and for those of you who are in healthcare, I can guarantee you that there's not a day where you probably need a shot, just like me, (laughs) or you probably need to go to the gym just like Josh does to de-stress, because it's definitely um, a very passionate job where you love people, but there are times where it can get pretty ugly. Um, Which leads me to my next question. Um, now that you've been in healthcare for several years now, even prior to being an MA, you were an administrative assistant. Mm-hmm. So what would you say is the most rewarding part of healthcare? What makes you wake up at 6, 7.30 in the morning to come to us and bring it to the table?
1: And are you referring to back then or right at this point? I would
0: say given the amount of years of experience now that you're fully equipped with the clinical side and the administrative side, bringing it all together as a whole, mm-hmm. what is the most rewarding part of healthcare that you absolutely like enjoy so much? I mean, without a doubt, it's always been patient care. It's always been
1: helping a patient throughout their entire experience. So it's not just within our department, but being that liaison throughout their started their sickness to the end and within our clinic the unfortunately the great part about it is we see our patients for so many years Um, and rheumatology is such a chronic disease that you develop these relationships with patients who you can now call friends and that's the most rewarding part because you see them improve you see them decline and it's a process that you place their trust in them and they place their trust in you to be able to help them. And you know, it goes from first their first time stepping into the clinic to right when they finish their appointment and they exit. Making sure that their entire visit is smooth has been probably one of the most rewarding parts. And seeing that smile on their face after they know that we care about them
0: that's really rewarding it really is i can tell you being in the same department for five <laughs> years now it's it's really amazing to know your patients mm-hmm. they not only their um their state of disease but also how they are their personalities what they do for a living what they've been through it's it's really rewarding to look at the schedule and say oh i know that guy or i know that girl and it's it's super amazing, and I'm glad that you also agree with mm-hmm. that.
1: Yeah, it's nice that you can also connect with them um, on, I guess, like personal things outside of work mm-hmm. that you guys find an interest in, and they can help you out in other ways as well, even though you never expected it or never asked
0: them, but things fall into place, and they can be there for you as well. Mm-hmm. So that's nice. Definitely. Um, I'm trying to throw you a little curveball here um (laughs) tell us something about yourself that we don't know that you don't know um
1: give me a second (laughs) i know i know i know it's
0: it's it's a curveball we don't often go from our conscience to our unconscious so it's really um, it's a it's a curveball. That's why I like asking these type of questions because it really is like, whoa, like what what do I want to you know, vulnerability wise? What what should I tell the world? Um, so we can always go back. There's no pressure. So you know it's a good it's a good question to ask. Just because I've always wanted to know that, so I figured why not?
1: How about this? I'll give you a choice: career wise or more <laughs> emotional. About
0: I think I would probably want the personal. Personal. Just because, okay. you know, we've, we've worked together for a number of years, so it would be nice to kind of see, you know. But we can always, you know, go back. No,
1: um, I think I have one. Okay. Um,
0: <laughs> I don't really tell people this, but
1: I... Okay. I'm actually very conscious about what others think of me. And how they perceive me. Okay. So... Moving up into this position, I am basically put in the spotlight where I can be criticized, I can be praised, I'm placed under a microscope where anything that I do will be analyzed and critiqued. Mm -hmm. And if I do anything incorrectly or if I make that tiny little mistake, the first thing I think about is, what will others think of me? How will I be perceived? Will this cost me my job? And... Even though I have that calm demeanor, that calm personality that you guys may not see, in deep inside I'm thinking, oh shit, yeah. no. you know, what's Tony thinking about me now? <laughs> like, I hope he doesn't think of me differently, <laughs> right? And I'm sure a lot of people can relate with that. And that's the part that I'm torn between, and I'm trying to learn not to let that affect me and just think about everything as a learning experience we're all here for the ride right we're all here to grow mm-hmm. to learn and excel yeah.
0: yeah i i totally agree with that i i think that's where i can relate to you because i have a bad tendency of always thinking the worst out of every situation and it's it's i think for me it's more of a defense mechanism because if this makes sense, you don't want to feel hurt. Yeah. Pain. Yeah. So I, I can totally get where you're coming from. It's it's for me that's always been a defense mechanism where it's like I don't wanna feel, or this, feel vulnerable. Or I don't wanna be like, you know, soft or you know, all of the above. So thank you yeah. for sharing that. I know that's not easy, so I definitely appreciate that. Um now we're going to dig in a little bit, just a little bit deeper from that vein. Okay. Um, so several years ago, when I decided to do my weight loss journey, mm-hmm. um, you've shared with me about your own struggle with weight and food. What advice would you give to someone who wants to make lifestyle changes, who who is ready to say, you know what? I am so tired of this, I want to make a change. So what would you give advice to someone who's ready to make a whole new person of themselves? So not many of you guys know, but I was
1: a very chubby kid growing up. Um, I think the peak was during my high school years when I was around 240 pounds. Uh, That was my sophomore and junior year of high school. I was just that kid who didn't want to exercise, always ate, I loved food, still do to this day. <laughs> and as we all do. <laughs> as we all do. But the issue was that my parents, my family, they wanted me to get checked out. So I saw my PCP, got my blood drawn, and my insulin levels were actually high and elevated. Oh wow. So at a very young age they red flag that and said, you need to make a change. And funny enough, I actually had to sign a consent form that the nutritionist who saw me that day. Oh, wow. She said, I can't make you do anything. Your parents can't make you do anything. This is all up to you if you want to do it. Do you want to suffer in the future where your health can be placed at risk, where you will have health issues when you have kids. And she put that into perspective and put this piece of paper um, in front of me and said, it's really up to you if you want to sign this, but I want to make an agreement with you. Make a goal. Even if it's walking from school, halfway to home, you can take the bus ride back Mm -hmm. or doing it the full way. Whatever it might be, do something that will help improve your lifestyle and your health so from that day on that started the journey of me walking from my high school all the way back home and that turned into a snow snowball effect of me just doing a few push-ups a day uh, purchasing some dumbbells working out at home and by the time I graduated I dropped down to about 185 pounds oh my god. Holy moly, that's... So, in, yeah, wow. in a year. Wow. A year or two. And once I hit college, that's when... Thor came out. Yeah, <laughs> no. That's when I started <laughs> taking it seriously and um, developing more routines, um, actually eating properly. Even though I ate properly, like my senior year of high school, um, try to eat more salads, um, some fruit, less carbohydrates. But it was very difficult. But the great thing about it is you'll notice a quick change. Once you just change your diet, anything can happen. Even if you exercise minimally, you'll start dropping in pounds. And once I saw that, I was like, wow, this is making me feel a lot better. Just imagine yourself carrying just 10 pounds and walking around with that. That's that extra weight that if you imagine, if you drop that, you'll feel lighter. So dropping about 70 pounds, I got all the way down to about 175, Wow! sophomore year of college. It just felt
0: amazing. And I've pretty much maintained that weight up until now. Wow. That's impressive. Yeah. You don't hear that every day. Especially San Francisco. So many good food. It's not easy. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> growing up in an Asian household, we eat what, rice, noodles. All the
1: carbs. All the carbs. Yeah. It's there in front of you. Yeah.
0: That's that's really impressive. I really commend you to that because it's not, you know, it's not, I always tell people this and I even tell myself this, that you're not going to go from eating a burger to eating a salad overnight. And I think that you realize that these things take time and these are baby step things and that... Don't expect everything to come so quickly, Mm -hmm. and I and I commend you to saying that it's not easy because you know it's not. Mm -hmm. It really is not. So
1: yeah, nothing is like a light switch where you turn it on and off. Everything is a grind, as they say. It's through choice. Mm -hmm. You know, if you want to make that decision and that choice, stick with it and
0: make sure you you know carry that plan out. Mm -hmm. Definitely, it's it's not easy um, so right now for those of you who don't know he works alongside with all of us meaning me and my colleagues at UCSF and I want to ask you where do you want to take your career now within the next five years I would say within the past
1: three years or actually three years ago two years ago I've Made a few career changes, I wanted to become first a physician's assistant, APA as they call it. And that's one reason why I moved down here to the rheumatology uh, and now nephrology clinic as well. Um, but working alongside my manager, who's a nurse practitioner, she showed me a different side to healthcare. Um, and being a NP, it, uh, it was really rewarding. Being able to see patients, being able to work alongside with her and treat them, it uh, made me change my career path to become an NP. And I took all these classes um, in hopes that I can one day get in. And that was my career path about probably a year ago. (laughs) And then now getting into management as that position opened up, it has developed a side of me that I've never experienced I've grown to love, uh, grown to question as well. It's, it's something that I find very intriguing. And a part of me wants to actually pursue that even further. Um, possibly taking over a practice one day, um, moving into you know healthcare management can be an option. And right now I'm really stuck in between those two options being in management versus being in the clinical side as a nurse practitioner and you know we'll see where these next few months take takes me Mm -hmm. and we'll see what happens what opportunities you know reveals reveals themselves um but yeah that's pretty much where i see myself at the moment or in the next five
0: years living in the moment as they say That's good. Yeah, I'm pretty sure wherever you go, you'll be successful. I'm not worried at all. I'm pretty sure whatever you you do, you'll be great. No questions asked. Appreciate that. So a year ago, or maybe a little bit over, my mind is a little cloudy right now. I can't precisely have an exact date. Mm -hmm. But how did you feel when you found out that you are applying to a management position and pretty much you're a candidate and myself was a candidate what was your reaction when they said hey like it's basically between you and Tony at this point Mm
1: -hmm.
0: how did you feel about that
1: it was tough it was you are a very close friend and a very close colleague as well and finding out that it came down to the both of us I I didn't want it to ruin our friendship our relationship and you can see it happen many times throughout history um yeah even in friends around us um who lose their friendship over you know a job um and I didn't want that to be us I didn't want you know any of that to happen you know so I'm glad that we did talk it out Mm -hmm. that we told each other that no matter what happens, like we'll still be the same Mm -hmm. and like nothing will change. But the great thing about that is I knew that our practice would be in good hands.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. Having, you know, a supervisor who has worked for like for yourself, I think it was three years, four years? Yeah, I think in that, so. Yeah, ish. In rheumatology versus me, who's been there for about two years. Um, I knew the department would be in good hands, no matter which way it went. Mm-hmm. So it really came down to, you know, the interviews, what the providers thought about us, mm-hmm. and what we could bring to the table, and it was a very difficult... You know position situation and I've had to think about it many times you know when I saw you I'm like oh god (laughs) I had to see you day in day out (laughs) we're in that race together you know you interviewed right after me yeah that was crazy and it was just like oh god yeah
0: it was tough yeah it's like um the elephant in the room but it wasn't so much the elephant it was more of basically making sure that both of us are okay with whatever comes through and making sure that we're in the same mindset of, you know, at the end of the day, it's, that's all that matters. Mm-hmm. That's all that mattered to me. Yeah. Um, I didn't put so much emphasis on the position. I just wanted to make sure that no matter what happens, nothing was going to change about it. Um, which yep. to this day, it I'm, hasn't. It hasn't. Which and, and it's not so easy. For it. Yeah. So yeah. I'm really glad that we had a mutual agreement about this and I'm so lucky and so humbled that yeah. to this day we can communicate effectively and mm-hmm. it's not personal sometimes it is just work and that's all it is so I think it's great to let people know that not everything has to be based on a relationship mm-hmm. sometimes it is more of this is what needs to be done it's work mm-hmm. and that's it we can't yeah. just be you know oh, it's because we're friends or it's because you're going harder on me because we have a relationship. And that's not always the case. And uh, I think it's great for people to know that, yeah. to step those two aside.
1: I'm glad you asked that question. Oh, yeah,
0: <laughs> definitely. Um, going into my next question, this is more of just your agenda in general. Uh-huh. So I've always joked with you about telling you that you're the Asian George Clooney. And the reason why I make that emphasis is because, as you know, George Clooney is always busy. Mm -hmm. He's always coming up with new ideas, new projects. He has a tequila line. He's an actor. Mm -hmm. He has a business. He's all over the place. You will never see the guy, barely ever. Mm -hmm. And I associate that with you because you're always Mm -hmm. out and about. So I wanted to ask you is, is the reason why you're so out and about is because you love being busy, you love being productive, or, you know, some people use busy as a scapegoat, Mm -hmm. you know, to escape and just get out of that little bubble that we're all in. Um, So I just wanted to ask you, like, what, you know, do you love being productive? Love it. It's, um, being productive,
1: I think, is what drives me. Um, What, you know, keeps me ticking i would say um i love learning i love even if it's about science medical things mm-hmm. um or it can be about cocktails Could be oh be yeah he makes whiskey. good cocktails by the way thank just you just letting the
0: world know if you need someone he's your man well not your man but you know <laughs> you get you get my jizz yes yeah they do <laughs> <laughs> but um yeah being productive it's um
1: whether or not it's with friends, with family, with work, with just learning, it's it's great. It's a great opportunity to really enhance your skills and whatever it might be. So for me, I love learning about things. So when I come out and have a conversation with someone, I also can pick their brain. I can like carry on a conversation. And I think that's what's so rewarding about knowledge. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, Like current events, news, um, different topics can be random. But that's why you may say that I'm very busy
0: (laughs) or I'm out and about. Um, Yeah, yeah. I've noticed that every time I just text you, even if it's a random weekend where I'm like, hey, what's up? Or whatever, you're always out and about. And I never actually hear you say, I'm just relaxing, period. Mm -hmm. I never hear you say like i'm actually like just chilling like regroup because you know you're always working you're always going above and beyond you're always on and about and sometimes i'm like wow i would be overwhelmed i would be like i need a massage i need to like just not talk to anybody i want to mm-hmm. be in my room alone so. decompress yes
1: and that's where you know spending time with friends with family i'm able to decompress when i'm at the gym to it's me time it's where no one else is there mm-hmm. bothering me i can just listen to music listen to a podcast mm-hmm. and take that time for myself and you know we only have 24 hours and time very is, long 24 hours yeah very long 24 <laughs> hours at where we work but time is limited so finding um time if it's just in the commute or if it's um, at the gym even at just eating lunch or dinner like doing something at the same time um it's, that's the rewarding part
0: yeah. yeah yeah well you're out and about so hey I'm not gonna stop you I'm not gonna stop you um this one's gonna be a little bit hitting an artery a little bit and this is not to say a negative question at least I don't consider that a negative okay. question shoot um so just a heads up what would you say is your biggest insecurity oh <laughs> And and I laugh, and that's probably my nervous laugh, is because for those of you who don't know, um, my biggest insecurity is myself. And I say that because I come across very confident. I'm always fooling around. I'm always... I feel like I can't be taken seriously. and that And I don't mean that in a negative way. Mm-hmm. And I say that my biggest insecurity is myself is because... I'm always putting a facade that I want to have fun and I want to be like this really extravagant person, this this diva if you may, if you, if you may <laughs> call it that, or reality TV star. And my biggest insecurity is myself because I can't, I always try to not let people get to me and I always care so much about the way I say things, the may and may come across. You know, sometimes I can... If I'm frustrated, I can be a little passive. Mm-hmm. Does it mean that I'm trying to be an asshole? No. It's just just me reacting towards a situation. And once I react that way, I'm just beating myself up over it. I'm just like, damn. Fuck. I could have done that so differently. Yeah. And that's when I that's when I come across the I'm sorry's. Where it's like, I am so sorry for being blank because of blank it almost seems like I'm literally holding a knife and I'm stabbing myself in the back. Mm -hmm. So I'm putting my insecurity out there because I know that it takes a lot of willpower to say that we all have things about ourselves that we can change. And for me, my biggest insecurity is myself because I never think that I'm doing well. Mm -hmm. I always think the worst out of every case scenario like I could plan a party and people will tell me it was fun but in my head I'm like damn like was it really fun like Mm -hmm. what if I did this like what if I could have you know so you know I just want to put that out there because I feel like there's a lot of people who feel that way and um yeah it's not easy
1: it's not It's really not talking... Or it's really not easy talking about your insecurities. Uh, You know, putting this out there is just... You know, it's very vulnerable.
0: Yeah. And that's the hard part is we don't want to be soft. Um, You know, and I want to commend you for this because you've actually taught me that. that Really? I feel like you taught me that it's okay to be soft. Mm -hmm. Because I feel like when we met a year couple years ago, I was very in a different position in my life. And I was always very reactive and I was really hard on people. And then you came in and seeing how you were with other people made me realize like, I can change my mindset. Yeah. I don't have to react towards everything all the time. I can I have the power to make someone's day or vice versa make it worse mm-hmm. and that's when i realized like dude like you're doing it all wrong so i just want to put that out there and sabrina so, if you're listening to you. me i know that you were <laughs> a victim of mine for a couple oh, of years and i'm glad that we're in a good place now because i realized that being this really strong person sometimes is not the way to go so, if you're listening, I know we're in a better place now, but, you know, well, just FYI.
1: I'm glad I could help you in that um, in that part of your life. You know, being able to help you with a positive change really means a lot to me, so I'm glad I can be here for you. Oh,
0: yeah. Of course. Of course. Um, but
1: what is my biggest insecurity? And
0: you don't have to answer. This is just a little curveball. You know, you have. I feel like every single one of us has the power, and "no" is also a very powerful word Mm -hmm. that we don't use quite often because we're scared. I think the way we react is towards fear. So, I am totally okay if you you need to skip this out, or not skip, but it's hard to think.
1: I actually said it earlier, like early in this podcast. I was just talking about what others thought about me, so definitely think that is probably one of my biggest insecurities that people don't know about i don't tell people that oh yeah uh, what do you think about me mm-hmm. how do they perceive me
0: mm-hmm. like, do they like me do they think i'm cool mm-hmm. um whoever doesn't think you're cool is fucking insane <laughs> just letting you guys know just saying thanks me <laughs> <laughs> but Yeah, I can. I don't know.
1: I'm trying to think if there's something else I can touch on, or if I can go deeper into that. Mm Hmm. Um, Yeah. But that would probably be one of my biggest insecurities. Um, Other people's opinions. Yes, it's it's always other people's opinions, whether or not I just met them. Mm -hmm. They're a longtime friend. You know, how do they perceive me? you know do they think that you know I'm a good friend or a shitty friend mm-hmm. um, even towards my parents like am I a great son or am I a horrible son oh wow yeah um, Oh, my goodness even in this situation am I answering these questions well <laughs> enough or no, is it horrible
0: no no these aren't horrible answers i this this is what i was looking for is that we're not all perfect yeah and All you have to remember is just be yourself, and that's all that matters. At the end of the day, I mean, yeah, we're in our 20s. We're young. We're just, you know, as my grandma says, we're just starting off life, Mm -hmm. as she says. And she always makes this very clear that we're just starting out our lives. And at the end of the day, we don't want to leave this earth, knock on wood, um, we don't want to leave this earth having regrets. And we don't want to leave here thinking that we did the right things or that we made the wrong things. Um, I believe that these are just experiences and these are little things to make us better people and I really commend you to being really open about that because not that many people would you know say that or you know le- put this facade that we're perfect mm-hmm. um, and we're not you know so I, I really appreciate that. Thank you. Um, Given that, um, you know, you're in a position where expectations are everything Mm -hmm. and they're not the easiest expectations. But leaving aside the career and leaving aside work in itself, what is your own personal belief of expectations?
1: My personal belief of expectations? I think putting aside career as well, I think expectation is just really, for me, um, setting a goal for myself and having that expectation to meet it. Um, I don't know if that's answering the question, but it's just really trying to fulfill what I'm set, like I set um, a goal for or what I set to do. Um, Expectation is meeting that deadline or meeting um, a need of an individual. Um, That's what expectation is for myself. If I'm if I want to do something then I set that expectation to do it and completing it. I think that's what expectation is for me. Whether or not it's Career, personal life. um, For me, I think it all goes hand in hand. So, sorry if I'm not answering that. (laughs) No, 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 no. Everybody,
0: um, everybody has different beliefs of expectations. You know, Um, a lot of people take it into the, you know, meeting goals, meeting deadlines, um, meeting their goals overall and other Mm -hmm. people take it in a whole different light where you know for some people expectations are you know non-existent there's you know so i just wanted to get your thoughts on that and it seems like it's more goal-oriented meaning i want to get there within this amount of time frame Mm -hmm. and i'm gonna do x y and z to pursue that yeah so and that's a good mindset you know it's really important that in our 20s although Where I know I'm borderline thirty-ish, it's really important that to do that while we're young. And I'm not saying that it's bad to do it later on in life. I'm just saying that we're really lucky to be at this age because this is where we start thinking of what do you want to do. You know, although I love my job, I also love doing this, Mm -hmm. and you know, it brings me really, it brings me happiness and i think it's important that we start setting ourselves goals whether it be short term long term a day or two you're already building your mindset to your belief system to have the power to do that correct so i'm really glad that your mindset is very like that Yeah. i guess to go a little
1: further on that you know i had uh actually recently i had this friend um who I got a chance to talk to, um, and he actually made a five-year plan. Oh wow! A five-year plan that involves uh, career, personal life, uh, hobbies, anything it might be. A five-year plan where he wants to be. Um, I wasn't able to, um, you know, look into it because, of course, it's more personal. But just seeing that cover page um, basically said my friend's name. And that five-year plan oh, wow. and I actually started developing that and you know for those of you out there it really puts everything into perspective it keeps you you know motivated it sets that goal for you you have that expectation and if you put it up on your wall if it's like by your desk in front of your door before you leave the house you know look at that look at your five-year plan You know, you can break it down year by year and you can say, this year I want to achieve this. See if you can check it off. Next year I want to do that. You know, if you don't achieve it, you know, try circling back to it, what happened? Um, Why didn't I achieve it? Did I, you know, deviate from the plan? And yes, of course, life throws you curve balls. Mm -hmm. But as long as you have those expectations and those goals, you're going somewhere it's just a matter of how badly do you want it how badly do you want to achieve and succeed and evolve as a human being right
0: yes i think that is really important that if we don't put our own efforts into something or try to manifest it you're, you're not letting the universe do its job. And this has, you know, this doesn't just go with religion or the universe. It's with anything in general. You have to put in the work if you want it to happen. If I want to be 100 pounds less, guess what? <laughs> I have to get my fat ass up early and do a jog and start eating salads in order to manifest the skinny body that I wish to have. So that's really important. Um, at the moment, I don't have any more questions. Um, do you (laughs) (laughs) you made it is there any questions you want to ask do you want to you know give a shout out be creative um, you know anything that you want to uh, disclose before this is over in the next couple of seconds
1: well Tony I just want to say thank you you know seeing you these past three years seeing you grow seeing you change um, yeah your personality, everything has, you know, improved for the better. Thank you. You've seen, like you said, um, you've were really um, reactive um, emotionally, and now in the past like year, you've taken a step back, being able to analyze and, you know, take in uh, all those thoughts um, and emotions, and then, you know, respond in a more calm, collected way and you now have best of both worlds so you can really be that wholesome individual you could say (laughs) Um, so I want to say you know your opportunity to have these podcasts to really bring awareness to those who may feel like they're you know alone uh, they're singled out or they just don't know where to go in life you know these podcasts ladies and gentlemen are (laughs) Really inspirational, and it's a really great opportunity for you to learn, hear from others who are around your age and what they've been through, what they're going through, and what they are trying to achieve.
0: So, <laughs> thank you. Yeah. I definitely appreciate that. I, like I said, I've always held you to a higher standard, and I definitely can guarantee you that I would not be the person I am if it wasn't for your support. Always feedback consistently um always saying that it's okay and um i'm really humbled and i'm super blessed so again thank you so much for taking time out of your own busy schedule to be a part of this so ladies and gentlemen that's a wrap thank you so much thank you bye